You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, I try not to play the advice column cop. I get a lot of uh, people sending me links to other advice columns saying, oh my God, look at this bullshit advice. You should tear these columnists or this columnist a new asshole. And I usually decline to get involved because, you know, I wouldn't like it if other advice columnists intercepted my mail and gave the advice that they believe that I should have given and not the advice that I gave. Uh but this time I'm going to step in. Annie's Mailbag is a column written by uh, Marcy Sugar and Kathy Mitchell who were Ann Lander's assistants before she died and they took over uh, a lot of Ann's papers and they write a column that appears in family newspapers. And they got a letter a few weeks ago from a woman who says that her relationship with her husband is really great. They're in their late 40s. They have a wonderful marriage uh, except I would like him to want to have sex with me. Don't misunderstand. We have a regular and fairly satisfying sexual relationship, but it doesn't include normal intercourse, only alternative forms of sex. That's all she wrote. That's all she says. Alternative forms of sex. She's feeling neglected. She wants to have normal intercourse, perhaps vaginal intercourse is what she means. And they respond with, this may be a satisfying sex life for your husband, but obviously not for you. There could be a physical reason why your husband enjoys sex more in alternative forms. And, of course, there's also the possibility that he is gay. All right, we'll start with a point of agreement. I agree with the ladies. If the husband isn't meeting his wife's needs, uh, he's not coming through with the mainstream kinds of intercourse that she prefers. He's being a selfish douchebag and needs to be called on it. And uh, I would suggest the wife make all future alternative sex capades contingent upon regular mainstream action. But there is also the possibility that he is gay. Where the hell did that come from? You know, gay is not this melange of alternative sex acts. A man doesn't reach some sort of kinky tipping point and fall face first into another man's lap. Gay men have emotional and sexual orientations to members of their own sex. Some women are married to closeted gay men. Hey there, Gal Haggard. But closeted gay husbands are likelier to neglect their duped wives than they are to bone them regularly, if alternatively. They don't say, of course, what kind of alternative sex we're talking about here. But I have the sneaking feeling we're talking about butt sex. And maybe the letter writer mentioned that in her original letter and it had to be edited out for the family newspapers. Lest, uh, you know, 100,000 elderly readers burst their colostomy bags all at once. So for the record, for my uh, advice columnist colleagues, butt sex does not equal gay sex. And straight guys who are obsessed with butt sex are not closeted gay men. There are lots of straight men out there into butt sex, into lady butt sex. And there's nothing gay about a straight man sticking his dick in a lady butt. To say that all straight men who are into anal are closeted gay men isn't just an insult to all the healthy butt-sex-loving straight boys out there. It's really an insult to all the out gay men out there. It reduces us, openly gay men, to butt-obsessives. Boy butt, girl butt, red butt, blue butt, doesn't matter. Just give me some butt. That's not how it works. Your calls after this. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Smitten Kitten, offering an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Enter Savage at smittenkittenonline.com for 20% off your purchase. This podcast is brought to you by Hump, the Pacific Northwest's only amateur porn festival, hosted by Dan Savage. 
Make porn, win big prizes. For more information on submitting your film, go to thestranger.com slash hump. Hi, Dan. I'm a 20-year-old woman from Alaska. I recently moved down to Washington. And the man that I've been seeing for the last two months gets um, randomly cold. Like, he'll get just very rude and disrespectful and just horrible at random intervals, usually when he's working. And he just, he said a couple of really hurtful things a few days ago, not a few days ago, last week. He said that uh, when we first met, he didn't find me attractive. And the first time we had sex, he had to force himself to do it. (laughs) Which is just a fantastic thing to say to your girlfriend on so many levels. And I'm just having a difficult time getting over it and even wondering if I should still stay in the relationship because all of my friends say that I should leave him, but other aspects of our relationship are fine. I mean, the sex is great. He's fun to be around when he's not getting randomly moody and cold and rude. Like today we had a fight about him being disrespectful to me, giving me a horrible tone, and then he like can't even acknowledge that he's done something wrong. So I just need some help. Thank you. Bye. I listened to your call and thought, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I called you at the number that you left for us. Didn't get you, but I got your outgoing message. And now I know what the fuck is wrong with you. Your outgoing message says that you're not available right now because either you're out training for a marathon or you're with your man. You're clearly invested in being in a relationship and you identify as the kind of person who has a relationship, who has a man. People in relationships typically don't say, leave me a message. I might be with my husband for the most part, particularly 20-year-old people. They don't say that. When he said to you after that first time that he had to force himself to have sex with you, that should have been the last time you spoke to him. When he said, I wasn't attracted to you, that should have been perhaps the last time you spoke to him. When he's rude to you and treats you like shit, those all should have together uh, amounted to a breakup level assholery offense. What I think is going on here is, and I hope you're sitting down, this guy isn't particularly attracted to you per his admission. He may like you as a person uh, enough, but, and so he treats you well enough most of the time, but evidence of his dissatisfaction in this relationship is the you know, asshole spikes, the moments where he's being a total douchebag dick because there are times when he wants out. And what he's trying to do is force you to dump him by being a dick. It's a dick move. A lot of guys do that. They'll treat somebody like shit because they don't have the courage or the decency to end a relationship. They would rather make complete assholes of themselves until the other person dumps them. And that is what I suspect is going on here. And if you weren't so invested in being in a relationship, if you didn't identify so strongly as a girl who has a man you would have dumped him a long time ago, and I suggest you dump him today and change your outgoing message. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Uh, 25-year-old straight guy in Brooklyn. And I think I just found a girl who I'm definitely really into. It's been a while. Uh, just been back up in New York about two months now, and I've made like work my top priority. And this weekend is actually like my first weekend in two months where I have two days off in a row. And we hung out tonight, and it was just absolutely mind-blowing. Everything seems to be going great. Third time we've hung out. My question is, I have a lot of student loan. Like, a lot. I'm, like, 
$70,000 in debt and charged off on one of them. Again, I'm doing everything. I'm literally trying to do every single thing I can right now to fix this. But when do you drop that knowledge? I'm sure that's sure that this is uncommon. And I'd really like, I don't have a precedent. So that's why I'm calling. Why wouldn't you just tell someone you had a lot of student loan debt? A lot of people have a lot of student loan debt. You're not alone. Yeah, it just seems like, I don't know, like fi- the whole financial aspect of relationships seems to, based on uh, past experiences and with friends, like it's the financial thing that co- tends to ruin most relationships as opposed to the sexual chemistry. So or, you, you're afraid of saying to some hot chick, hey, going out with me means a lot of ramen. Exactly. Or, hey, I have I have a $35,000 loan that got charged off that's going to be permanently on the credit. So, hey, when we think about getting a house, maybe uh, you're going to have to get it. <laughs> <It's a loan. laughs> well, you know, everybody brings a little uh, negative to the table when uh, it comes to a long-term relationship. And... Thank God for the tanking economy in a way, because there's a a lot more people with terrible credit ratings out there, and and you're not alone. And if it scares some woman off that you took out a lot of student loans so you could get an education, those are women you should want to scare off because you took out a lot of student loans to get an education. It's not the sort of thing you can hide. You could rob a couple banks, pay it all back, clear clear your debt history, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's kind of, like, where my head was at, uh, like, in the past. Like, I've been trying to pay off. Like, one of my loans is still good, but I'm still, like, making payments on. The other one's not so much. Mm-hmm. But I literally, I feel like I've just met, like, the girl that, like, I'm, like, just completely smitten for. So that's, like, the reason I got the call. And uh, our relationship has been going uh, pretty well. She's coming back from California from a, after spending a week and immediately is like, I want to hang out with you tonight. Does she and know like, about the debt? No. But Do you think it'll even, matter? Uh, I don't think so, but it's that that's the one thing that's in the back of my head right now. I'm like, that's what's going to ruin it. Is she a little princess who expects to be treated everywhere she goes and wants Broadway shows and dinners and mink coats or whatever it is women today want? Not at all. Then I wouldn't worry about it. If you're not dating a grasping, uh, exploitative piece of shit who's only interested in success objects for boyfriends or husbands, then it shouldn't be an issue. So how would you recommend bringing it up? Well, you know, you do have that conversation early in a relationship about past sexual experiences and sexual interests, and it would be very weird to then fold into that a conversation about personal finances but generally people don't discuss personal finances until you get to a point where you're going to merge them or the relationship has progressed to you know the stage where you're contemplating a life together and you're under under no obligation to disclose before that point it would be weird if you went out of your way to hide it if you're working an extra job to help pay down your student loans or you know you have issues you know in your personal life about them that you would share with a boyfriend or a girlfriend if you had one. You shouldn't hide those uh, that issue from your boyfriend or girlfriend. But you have nothing right. to be ashamed of here. Cool. Okay. That, that and the only girl right. you'd scare off is a girl who's only interested in the money that you don't have. So okay. if she reacts badly to this news, she's not someone you want to be with. That's true. That's true. 
<laughs> yeah, if you've got a second job, she says, why are you working two jobs? You say, I have a lot of student loans. I'm paying them down. The end. You don't have to say anything more than that. And then, you know, two years later, if you're still together, thinking about getting married, you say, you know, I have this dead one. It'll be a problem. We buy a house. I have to buy it in your name. Okay? Okay. If she loves you, she's not going to go, oh, well, yeah, the house in my name. I guess I'm not going to marry this dude. Cool. All right. That's good. That's reassuring. It's good to hear that. <laughs> good luck. Good to hear This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by the Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten has an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Whether you're single or partnered, their non-toxic, body-safe toys are the best quality products available. Shop their easy-to-navigate, secure website at smittenkittenonline.com or visit one of their stores in Minneapolis or Denver. Take 20% off any order online or in-store with the code SAVAGE. Smitten Kitten, sex toys for everyday people. Uh, my boyfriend and I have been together for a couple of years now, and um, he has been in a couple threesomes. I haven't. Um, basically, just lack of opportunity and um, lack of gumption, probably inability to read signals. Um, but I am interested, and we have a really good relationship. We have good sex. We're able to talk about these desires but he thinks that it would be bad for the relationship. He's not interested in an open relationship for sure. And um, he would be interested in a threesome with another woman, but not with a man. Um, and I don't think I could bring myself to have a threesome with another woman knowing that it wouldn't be reciprocated. Um, it just doesn't seem fair. So I guess my question is, should I just take what I can get and see where it goes? Um, he's loosened up a whole lot about this entire issue over the past year, uh, whereas before it was, you know, no way, I'm not into group sex anymore, and now it's kind of, okay, well, maybe you can, we can do this. So should I just kind of go with what he's giving me now and see where it goes, or is this relationship doomed? Um, we have really great sex. We have a great relationship. Uh, but I honestly can't see fucking only him for the rest of my life, even, you know, especially when we're not married. So that's my question. Okay, joining me now by phone to give the straight male perspective on this problem, Adam Carolla. Yeah, uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you for uh, um, joining us. It's really important. You You speak for all straight men everywhere, and this is the ultimate straight male fantasy, allegedly, two girls and a guy. And is sex with another dude and a girl? A price that straight men should pay. Well, I, you know, first off, she said fucking the guy her whole life. She could weave in a blowjob every once in a while and break it up. But it is a weird thing when you think about monogamy. You know, it's sort of, you know, if you think about it one day at a time, it's, it's not so soul-crushing. But when you think of fucking the same person for 60 years, it's a little debilitating. But on the other hand, if you sort of thought of anything, and you know, it's really how the Golden Gate Bridge got built. Nobody went, nobody stood back and went like, oh, holy shit, how are we going to do this? They just did it one day at a time, put one foot in front of the other, and it got built. And in terms of uh, monogamy and threesomes and all that kind of stuff, I have a few angles on this one. One is... Usually when a woman is pushing for somebody else in the bedroom or feeling like she wants to experiment, it's really her way of saying, 
I'm not ready to get married to this guy, or I'd like to sabotage this relationship, or I'm not going to take this relationship too seriously. Wait, is it different when a guy wants to have sex with other people or three ways? Or is this just yes, women, it, you're saying? It's usually more with women. I mean, this is just what we found in the 11 years I was on Loveline. Mm-hmm. Guys, for guys, it really doesn't mean, as you know, it does not mean nearly as much as it does for the woman. Like, when a guy cheats, it's usually because he's horny. When a girl cheats, it's usually to send a message. But You've this not is, been paying attention. They're you're not, not being intimate. They're not talking about cheating here. They're talking about he wants to have three ways with yeah. two girls, and she's like, "Great, sounds awesome." I also would like to have a three way with two guys. Fair I'm, is fair. No, I'm aware of that, but I'm just saying as an example, women normally don't have those instincts as much as guys do, and when they do, I'm just using cheating as an example. Meaning, you can be married. Your guy could go out of town on business. Your guy could hook up with a floozy at a bar or even call an escort over to his hotel room. And ladies, that wouldn't mean he didn't love you. (laughs) It's not exactly a uh, bouquet of roses, but it doesn't mean anything psychologically for the most part. I I shouldn't say anything but it doesn't mean nearly as much as you think it does. But we are you're, we are generalizing here about three billion men, three billion women. I think there are lots of women out there who are now capable of and empowered to do the same. Who, well, yeah, I mean, you have to women, gen- You know, women have been socialized and told that sex is all about love for women, that women don't cheat, and that if a woman cheats, she, it's an expression of displeasure, she's unhappy, and they're la, 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 la. I actually think that's increasingly not true, and women are realizing that they're just as horny as men are, and they're... Inc- getting the language, getting the, the ability to, to ask for what they want, which is what this woman is doing. Well, yeah, but you say socialized. Like, I've been listening to that fucking load of shit for the last <laughs> 30 years. I have twins, and my mom's a hippie, and my dad was sort of a hippie, and I grew up on a steady diet of that. Hey, if you give a kid, you know, if you let the boy play with a Barbie doll... He'll enjoy it, except for there's a stigma to it. No, no, I'm the girl wants to play with it, whatever. I'm with you there. I, I, I'm a fag. My husband's a fag, and we have a 12 year old son who is the kid who beat us both up in grade school. Right. He didn't grow up to be a fag. It's not about socialization, but there is the real issue of slut shaming of women. So women have to come up with some excuse for infidelity that's about emotional dissatisfaction or blah, 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 because they're self-conscious around just saying, I fucked this other guy because I was horny. Men are given permission to say that by men like you, by shows like yours, and women aren't, except for by shows like mine. Well, here's the thing. It's a a sort of chicken or the egg thing like i said you know they during the 70s there's that whole load of shit about how societal pressures made sally play with a doll and billy play with a gun when in fact if you have twins a male and a female you realize the girls love dolls inherently and the boys love guns inherently and i agree with you there 100 percent. and there's a certain there's you know the, the certain degree of that is true sexually i mean women do have a certain propensity to do a little more nesting and guys do have a little more capacity to go out and nail strangers although things are opening up and yes obviously there's plenty of young women out there that just want to get their rocks off and they're not trying to send a message other than I'm horny Um, so the question is it's a percentage game 
usually when I talk to a woman and she says, I want to experiment with someone else in the bedroom, she's usually saying two things. A, I'm horny, and B, this guy probably isn't Mr. Right. I'm not looking. Usually when a woman uh, is saying that, she's saying, I don't think I want to marry this dude. And but this this woman said that if she were married to this dude, she might be willing to be monogamous. But they're not married, and so she's not ready to close down. What's your advice for her specifically? And you know, as a straight guy, the hot woman you want to marry her, you're into her, and she's like up for a three way. So long as you're up for a two guy, one girl three way, is that something guys should be willing to do? I think I think you should have two approaches to your relationships. There's the, the one you rent. Uh, let's make it three. There's rent, lease, and purchase. And if this relationship is sort of a rental, like, you know, you're young. You're both young. And, you know, fuck it. Fuck around. Have some fun. Experiment. Do whatever. Because you're not going to be sitting around in your 60s staring this person in the face uh, thinking back on the time she was blowing your friend while you beat off next to it. <laughs> Are so, you speaking from personal experience there? Yeah. Did, did you yes. and Kimmel ever tag team anybody? The world wants to know. We tag team each other. <laughs> <laughs> we were rare, one of the rare tag teams that went, actually went at each other. No, no better power bottom bear in the business. <laughs> and say what you want. There's a lot of bears out there. No better bear than Kimmel, no better power bottom than Kimmel. That's the vibe uh, and, I get watching these shows sometimes. And let me just say this. Anyone who's listening, they don't believe me? Step up, bitch. You're never going to beat Kimmel. So here's what I would say. I would say have your fun, do your three ways. Yeah, and she's also saying to this guy, you know, you're not putting a ring on my finger, so why am I going out of my way for you? But here's the thing. Experiment. Don't film it because it's going to end up on YouTube at some point or you porn or you something. Uh, have your fun. Do your, do your nasty shit. Get it out of your system. Then wait till you're about, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Meet that person you want to start a family with and go ahead and start a monogamous relationship with that person. That's what I would say. I would predict that if they have a threesome, this relationship will be over within eight months. But who cares? They both got their threesome, and they probably weren't going to get married anyway. And if they did, they would have been divorced inside of three years. I hate your definition of marriage. Like, you have your fun, then you get married, and it's all <laughs> over. <laughs> have your, no, well, I'll tell you why. Uh, because, seriously, it, it's, it's this... You don't... You, you know what, really? I, the word... We, we use fun... A little bit too much in in our society it, it, it's not fun it's satisfying you know what I mean it's like finishing a marathon isn't fun it's satisfying or you know doing a room addition you know none of it's fun if you really think of the parts of your life that are really important they really wouldn't fall under the general definition of fun but they fall under the definition of something that sort of transcends fun which is sort of important like Raising twins is not fun. It's better than fun, but it's not funner than fun. Do you know what I'm saying? I think I do. <laughs> so you're coming to town. You're coming to Seattle. You're performing at the Moor? Yeah. And what can people expect? 
we come out and do a sort of half stand-up show uh, with a lot of improv in it, and it's interactive, too. And it's like we have a screen, we have a projector, we have my buddy Donnie who does my podcast on, on the Google, and we'll be, like, showing old footage from our old apartment in the old days. And then I'll be doing, like, what can Adam complain about? And if you shout it out, lesbians... I'd do five minutes on lesbians, and Donnie would be pulling up pictures of uh, chicks on enduro motorcycles, which would pop up on the screen behind me. So it's this interactive sort of stand-up with a lot of visual components to it, and uh, people seem to enjoy it. Okay. Well, hopefully people will catch it at the Moor on September 10th. Adam, thanks for joining us to give us a straight guy's perspective. My pleasure, Dan. Listeners in Seattle can catch Adam Kroll at the Moore Theater on September 10th. Listeners in other cities should consult their local listings. And Adam's new book, In 50 Years, Will All Be Chicks, is available now for pre-sale everywhere. For more info on tickets and his number one podcast and live tours, go to adamcarolla.com. Hello, I'm a 52-year-old gay man. My name is Marvin. I called before, but you've ignored me. But this is serious business. You know, in the 90s, I was gay and comfortable and very active. Then I got hooked up with the born again, and I went ex-gay. Long story. I finally came out about a year and a half ago. I have been slowly re-emerging as a gay, and I went to this queer book club the other day. Well, now it's like four weeks ago. And uh, they, uh, this guy said, you're not really gay unless you have anal sex and really like it, which I used to in the 90s. But, you know, since then I don't. I mean, I haven't, partly because I'm a Christian, and I have this thing about not doing it before I get married. But I don't know, another part of it, I'm just not interested for some reason. And so this guy saying, well, it's because I'm not really gay and that I haven't really embraced being gay. And I'm like, you know, it's not what goes in my butt that makes me gay. It's, you know, anyway, it's very frustrating. And, um, you know, I, I feel confident in a lot of ways about who I am. But then I get these, you know, suspicions that maybe I'm still not accepting that I am, and that's going to influence the relationships that I have and all of that. Anyway, I've been thinking lately that maybe I should try a sex toy, which freaks me out. Uh, and, you know, you know, if in a way that was a inappropriate facsimile of the thing, you know. Anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate any help you can give me. Forgive me for ignoring your previous calls. Moving on. You know, it's not what goes on in your butt that makes you gay. It's what goes on in your heart that makes you gay. Uh, the stats show 25, 30% of gay men, gay identified men, actually gay men, gay sex and gay relationship having men never have anal sex. Uh, you are not alone. You seem overly concerned with this other person's opinion about your sexual identity. That seems to be a pattern for you. You were at one point overly concerned about with Jesus's opinion about your sexuality or with your fundamentalist Christian buddies' opinions about your sexuality, which is why you went from openly gay in the 90s to ex-gay crazy uh, a few years ago. And now welcome back. Welcome back to the reality-based world and welcome back to your true and lasting and eternal and bedrock sexuality. But you just stop giving a shit about what other people think. You can be the gay man that you are and you don't have to stick things in your butt. You don't have to stick dudes in your butt or sex toys. I don't see why you're disqualified from sticking a sex toy in your butt if that's what you want to do. If you want to experiment again with anal sex. 
uh, because you're Christian. I don't see how you're disqualified. You know, if you're invested in what Christians are and are not allowed to stick in their butts, I don't see how you arrived back at a gay uh, <laughs> identity in the first place. So, but you know, now that I've told you to stop being overly concerned about what other people think, I'm going to end by telling you not to be too overly concerned about what I think. If you have decided that it violates your moral code. Some special verse in Leviticus that was written in lemon juice that only you can see when you hold the Bible over a candle. Okay, your call, but you're a gay man. Butt sex or no butt sex? So I have a polyamorous um, etiquette question. Um, my husband and I are poly. Um, I have a. We live in on the East Coast, and I have a long distance. Friend uh, of a few years who lives out on the West Coast now. One of his partners out on the West Coast is a sex worker. Um, my husband and that partner have flirted online a little bit. Um, and my husband thinks she's really cute and hot and definitely would like to get with her when we are in the same place at the same time. In February, we're going to be traveling out to visit my boyfriend. Uh, and... My husband really would like to, you know, sleep with his partner. Our question is, should he approach her as a customer or as himself? Um, I mean, obviously himself, but should he offer to pay her? Um, or should he see if she's... I'm not really sure if she would be frustrated or would is interested in him or if at all, or if uh, she's just more interested, you know, would just be interested in him as a client. I had to listen to your question a few times, uh, and I still may be confused, but what I think is going on here is you and your husband who live on the East Coast, who are poly, are traveling to the West Coast to visit your boyfriend, who lives on the West Coast, with his partner, who is a female sex worker that your husband has been flirting with. So your husband is flirting with your boyfriend's female sex worker, partner and you're going to the west coast to fuck your boyfriend and while you're there your husband wants to get with your boyfriend's female partner the sex worker so what do you do well if there's no shame in sex work there's no shame in directly addressing the question you know if she were a lawyer or a doctor and she'd been doing the doctor equivalent of flirting online with your husband i guess offering him unsolicited medical advice online via email your husband could say, you know, coming out there would really like you to operate on me, but I don't want to presume that is what you do for a living and I don't want to presume that it would be a freebie and I want to treat you like the professional that you are. You know, a lot of people I know who are doctors, uh, lawyers, who have friends, uh, help out around the edges and don't expect uh, to be paid and uh, I return the favor and free sex advice when I can. Um so directly address it. You do have another angle that you can work. I mean, he could directly address it with her. You do have another angle that you could work. You can ask your boyfriend on behalf of your husband how your boyfriend's partner, the sex worker, would feel about that question being raised. I feel that you know sex workers should be treated as professionals. But if your husband came into her sights and into her orbit – uh, not through the usual client route, not because he found her website. She probably doesn't view him as a potential client, but just as uh, a human being and a uh, maybe a lay. I've, I've been told by the poly that open communication is 
the magic ingredient. It is the special sauce. It is the fairy dust that makes it all possible. So I would encourage you to openly communicate about this issue, your hesitation, your inhibitions uh, about raising it, uh, and your consideration for your boyfriend's partner. And just rip the Band-Aid off. Get it all on the table. I hope that I'm not going to be one of those people that you uh, that you tell off because uh, you think what they're thinking or doing is wrong, delusional, whatever. Um, basically, I don't want to take a lot of time. In a nutshell, my problem is that I'm not a young guy anymore, but I am still very much attracted to young girls. I don't mean underage girls. I don't mean anybody under 18. You know, it's this is not a pedophile thing. This is me being over 50, God forbid. I don't feel like it, and I don't look like it. And when I was in my 20s, I was very wild, getting down in the L.A. scene, <laughs> Hollywood, punk rock, all that. We had good times. The girls were young. They were beautiful. And uh, that's probably the problem. I was really lucky. That's probably my whole deal is that I was too lucky. I, I, I was with a lot of really cute girls. And um, I guess I got imprinted somehow, you know, where that's just, that's what I respond to now. Or always. It's just, it's, 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 it's where my heart is. And um, and I'm just bummed out that I feel like society looks down on me or would look down on me if they saw me going out with a girl who's half my age. I have no intention of hurting any anybody or taking advantage of a girl's inexperience, whatever. You know, it's that's not about that. I'm not I'm not looking to get over on anybody or do anything bad. I just miss feeling that feeling of being that young and, and you kind of get that feeling back again when you're with a young girl. And, also, and so it's kind of about me not wanting to get old. I admit that. And then there's another part of it, though, which is just there is something, of course, everybody knows there's something about youth that just feels so good to be around. And um, they are so special. And I guess I miss that too much. And I don't think I'm going to change on this. And I think I got a little window of opportunity left. Like I say, I look pretty young and I could kind of get away with it for a while. I know it would be super creepy if I'm 65 and still stuck in this, <laughs> in this loop. But, uh, for now I, I figure, hell for the next five years, I, I want to do this. I want to go out with young girls. Am I wrong? Am I a creep? I don't know where you got the impression exactly that society looks down on men going out with women who are half their age. That's a pretty common arrangement. Uh, you say you're a little over 50 and you're interested in girls half your age. That would be 25 plus. Go out with girls half your age who are attracted to older men. They exist. Chase what you like that makes you happy and don't worry over much about how other people feel. Behave ethically so that you can live with yourself. Don't take advantage of a much younger girl's naivete. But don't be on the rack about this. You want to fuck what you want to fuck. Fuck what you want to fuck. 
responsibly treat other people like human beings, not like pieces of meat, and realize that, you know, you will be alone. There's a certain point where you will age out of the ability to pull 25-year-old tail unless, of course, you are a billionaire and then you can pull as much 25-year-old tail as you want all your life. At a certain point, you may want to find the 28-year-old, 29-year-old who looks 24 that you can see yourself with over the next 15, 20 years and settle down. And settling down requires settling for. And sex in a long-ish term relationship, you're over 50, your long next long-term relationship won't be eternal. Sex in a long-term relationship sometimes requires a little uh, overactive imagination to paper the cracks <laughs> that will emerge on your sex partner as she ages and as a you age. And she'll do a little papering over too as a favor to you. But don't be shy. Stop torturing yourself. The lesbian on all fours who's feeling too bovine uh, might just be able to feel a little less cow-like with uh, a great big pillow. She could clutch the pillow and it would just kind of keep everything still while her girlfriend was having her way with her. That's just an observation. Thanks. Hi, Dan. I was listening to the podcast with the woman who wanted um, her armpit to be fucked and then have come up her nose. And I've actually heard of the, um, the armpit, the fucking armpit, and the name given to it, um, from what I've seen, is called bagpiping, which I thought was just wonderful and um, just thought I'd give you the name. Hi, Dan. I'm calling back about an episode I just heard. It was a woman in, I think she was 25, whose father had a fetish, infantilism fetish, I think it was called. Um, and I thought you just really let him off the hook completely. And you know, I've listened to your podcast, and I think it's because you believe everyone has a right to their sexual expression, whether it be fetish, otherwise, whatever. And I completely support that and agree with that. But I have to say that her dad's behavior is a complete dick move. Um, my dad was addicted to pornography or enjoyed a lot of pornography as I was growing up in my home. And he was, aside from being abusive, uh, used that his addiction to it sort of as a weapon against his family, meaning that he purposefully would make us uncomfortable and would do things like, as a teenager, if I was going out, he knew I had to be home at one. He would be on the couch masturbating, watching porn right when I walked into the house. Um, you know, you could say I walked in on him, sure. But at the same time, I believe he sort of put himself in that situation so that I would see him. And things along those lines where he purposefully did it as a passive-aggressive move to say, you know, basically, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do this in my own home without any regard of how it affects you. And I thought you were really hypocritical because in the past, if, for example, somebody had a fetish and they had a roommate, you would always tell that person that, you know, keep the fetish semi to yourself, be respectful, be private about it, because ultimately we do respect the people we're around and we don't want to hurt their feelings or make them terribly uncomfortable within reason. And I feel like what her dad is doing is this passive-aggressive bullshit of basically, you know, it doesn't sound to me like he's being private about it. It sounds like he's leaving shit around so that she is uncomfortable. And maybe it's out of some anger issues or whatever issues he has. Clearly he had a bad marriage, whatever. Um, but I felt bad for her, and I felt bad for her because you told her that he had a right to do this. And I 
don't think he does. I think what he's doing is beyond the bounds of what is respectful to him as his daughter, sharing that living space together. For whatever reason, he agreed to have her live there, and he needs to shut the door if he's going to masturbate in the morning as she's walking down the hall in a room that is right across from his. So I don't think that what he's doing is at all uh, just clearly expressing his fetish in a healthy and balanced way. I think he's using it as a weapon against her, and I think that she needs to leave the house. Absolutely, I agree with that. But I think if she wants to have any relationship with her father, she's going to have to talk to him at some point about this, not in a way of, um, you know, I think it's wrong what you're doing, you shouldn't do it, but I do think she should mention something to him about it made me really uncomfortable that you did that. And I think it was a really shitty move because otherwise she's going to hold it against him forever. And we're going to leave it there. Thanks to everyone who called. Thanks to Adam Carolla for jumping in and fielding and dodging a question. Wouldn't say whether he'd have a three-way with two guys and a girl to get to have a three-way with two girls and a guy, but he is married now and his sex life is over. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you want to record your question or comment for a future show, Android users, the tech-savvy at-risk youth have heard your cries and have begun to work on a savage love app for Android. Suck it, Apple. If you want to be notified when it comes out, sign up with your email. We'll let you know when it's ready a day ahead of everyone else, and then we will delete your email. You will get no spam. You will land on no list. Just go to savagelove.net slash Android and enter your email address, and we'll send you an email notifying you when the Android version of the Savage Love app is ready. 206-201-2720 is the number. Give us a buzz. Me and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.